yes. You hear that music, you know what time it is. It's time for another episode of the 3-in-1 Podcast. Joining us from Cleveland, Ohio, Mr. Pivot himself. Give it up for International, Ian Lamont Morgan. No matter where I go, when I get back, it's always great to be in Cleveland. Hello, everyone. And joining us in the capital city, by way of Cincinnati, he's still rooting for the home team, though. Give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? How are you? And here in the capital city, by way of several other places, it's the host with the most. They call him the Black Al It's Malcolm Morgan. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to get sued if I keep saying that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's slander or libel or whatever it is. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing today? You know, I'll be even better once we know who this president's about to be. I think we're gonna. I think, I think we already know. It's just not official yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, man, I, I count nothing out, and I'm vastly uncomfortable until something is confirmed. And yeah, I was telling Malcolm, I feel like we're not gonna know who our president is until like three weeks from now. Look, I've been watching C- uh, CNN all day, so I'm clearly an expert now. Um, okay. I know everything. Who did you say you were? Mom? I know everything. I'm the Black Van Jones. <laughs> um, so I know everything. I know all of the electoral <laughs> math, all the scenarios. Oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to get sued if I keep doing this. I'm going to do it to the wrong person, and I'm just going to get sued. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Man. But we're not here to talk about politics, although that would be a fun podcast. Mm, um, it would. But we're not going to do that to you guys. We're going to talk about sports because that's way more important. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh, man. It's the great equalizer. It is, the, it is the great equalizer. Unless you win the genetic li- uh, lottery like LeBron James, and then it is not the equalizer. You are the destroyer of all things. Yeah. It's beautiful. Anyway, so we're going to start off with NFL, but we're not going to do what we normally do, which is talk about games because the late games uh, last week were pretty awful and no one cares. And so I'm going to start off with a little MVP talk. We're almost halfway through the season. Um, You know, early on, we had talked about some people um, as early MVP candidates. But who are some guys that you guys are looking at? Um, at the near halfway point of the season as as MVP front runners. Other than Patrick Mahomes, right? Other than him. I mean, I think he's a clear one, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um I think Russell Wilson for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, he's Absolutely. up there. Uh, I mean, even though they, you know, had a tough loss against Arizona, um, he is definitely on playing on another level this year. And I'm loving watching him escape a little bit more, get out of the pocket and run, use his feet as a weapon. Um I, I think that's, you know, something Russ needs to do. Uh, but um, but yeah, De- Russ is definitely on my list. Josh Allen would have been on my list had it been a few weeks ago, but not after the past few games Man. we've seen from him. <laughs> Man, yeah, I the guy I look at is uh, Derrick Henry. He's just even even though Tennessee struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks, he's been dominant all year long and been pretty consistent, um, leading the league in rushing, um, and he seems to have you know those big plays every week. Um, yeah. you know, if they can continue, if they can get back on the winning, back consistently winning, um, and I think they will. I think uh, Derek will be right up there in the conversation with with those elite players. I'm gonna give my response. Can I just ask a quick question? If they stay at getting better and better and better, 
Are we putting Tom Brady in this conversation? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I think we I think we have to at some point. This oh, I think God. I think this week will be a big this week will be a big test for them. I don't think he's I don't think he's close yet though. I, I think he's okay. I think there's, there's I think there's enough room for him at the uh, I don't think so, bro. I mean because when I, you when you look at well, I mean, never mind. The well, NFL loves Tom Brady, so you know, I think I, Bill would <laughs> he would uh I think he would reconsider selling out again. Yeah. Looking at the way Brady's playing. But no, uh, Aaron Rodgers is my guy. Yeah. Um surprisingly, I mean, I, I really did not they did not do much uh to add on to the offense that they had. They've had some key injuries there, but um here's Aaron Rodgers, you know, still um, you know, making something out of nothing. Even yeah. with Devontae Adams not being consistently in the lineup, even with the defense that's still subpar, he still got uh Green Bay in position um, um, and looking like a very, very viable or, or formidable opponent uh, to sitting there at five and two. So they're not amazing, but if I look at the workload, if I look at how well he's playing and what it is that he has to work with, I'm putting him in that category. He's not front runner, but he's in. He's on the list. I mean, if you look at players who are the most valuable to their team, it's hard to argue Aaron Rodgers yeah. isn't that for what he can do, what it's, he does with that group of receivers. Um, it's the LeBron James argument. Yeah. I, I I could definitely understand the argument. I think I think most people would think that team is overachieved, especially with the lack of things they did offensively to improve that team. Um, yeah, and I think and twenty of, touchdowns, two picks. Also, yeah. like what? Let me let me throw out another name. Okay, that'll be interesting. Ryan Tannehill. Oh. What are his numbers oh. like, though? Eighteen hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns, three interceptions. He's played wow. solid, and they've only lost one game, right? Where does that rank him in, in passing yards? Oh, uh, let's look. Let's take a look. Um, but, yeah, I'm just throwing it out there as a dark horse just because of the way he's played, um, led this team, and, of course, you, you throw him in with Derrick Henry, but uh, he's up there. He is up there. Just Just throwing it out there. And beat some quality teams this season, too. Has beat very good teams. I mean, they beat, well, of course, they beat my Bengals. I mean, no, they lost to me, Bengals. Sorry. They beat Pittsburgh. Um, wait, no, they lost to Pittsburgh. Sorry. They only they only lost to those two teams. They beat Houston, Buffalo, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Denver. Yeah. Uh, not the greatest. Buffalo when they were rolling. I yes, feel like they Buffalo started they Buffalo. And I will say that that passing, he's still behind Dak Prescott in passing yards. So I don't in yards? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's because of Derrick Henry, though. That's not his fault, you know. Yes, but he's played significantly more games than Dak Prescott at this point. Uh, yeah, but also Zeke Elliott has not been putting up Derrick Henry numbers either. Yeah, but I'm just saying in, in terms of, I think his counting stats need to be better for him to be in that in that conversation. Yeah, and it'll be tough for him because they have Derrick Henry yeah. again. So yeah. I think when you judge a guy like Tannehill, you got to look at his like his QBR, like his rating has. There's been only one game he's been lower than ninety, um, and has only thrown three picks and seventeen touchdowns. I wonder how many you know what he's stacking up with the other quarterbacks with mm-hmm. touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So um, I, that's just a name I'm just throwing out there just because he's played really well. So do you think yeah, would you take him over Derrick Henry as the MVP candidate? Uh, ooh, that's tough. Um, wow! Right now, it's a tie. I might. I would say I would, it's a tie. It's mm-hmm. close. It's close, though. Yeah, close. yeah. He's top that's five tough. in touchdowns. Yeah, top five in touchdowns. I mean, he's not going to have that many yards when you have Derrick Henry. Now, when teams start loading the box and forcing him to then make throws, that'll be interesting to then see those numbers. But right now, Derrick Henry's like, you can put eight in the box. I'm still. I don't, you know? I don't care. I'm just going to stiff arm everyone. <laughs> exactly. Of them. 
<laughs> like Pittsburgh, I you, hope put, they up, don't consider you that put up 220 yards and two touchdowns against a good Pittsburgh defense. So, you know, hey, he's playing really well. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan Tannehill. You know, his second come, he's risen from the, the grave. He has. He's back, baby. Ryan Tannehill is back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think, I think, Ian, with, with Tom Brady, I think, you know, this week will be a big. A big test to see if he can put up good numbers and they have a really good game against the Saints. I think we've got to start looking at Tom Brady again, um, even if he's not the front runner. I think I think the clear front runners at this point are Mahomes and Wilson. Yes, correct. Um, yeah. And Wilson's in a really good position because the 49ers um, look like they're falling in that division. Yep, um, they'll get another shot at Arizona. Um, the Rams are. Uh, we don't know, really know what the Rams are. Um, so the division is it gonna is it gonna challenge him as much as much as we initially thought? Um, and he's been pretty. I mean, even in the game that they lost, I mean, he did throw the three picks, but he was still making plays and helping them win. Um, and it's it's just crazy to think all these all the, the the as consistent as he's been, they have not been in a position for him to get an MVP. Um, so this feels like it could be a year, but if Patrick Mahomes and that team just keep rolling how they're rolling, I think it's. He's he's the clear front runner, but Russ is right there. Yeah, I mean Tom Brady's stats are 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 there. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty touchdowns, twenty one twenty one hundred yards passing. You know, only four interceptions. So mm-hmm. he's up there for sure. I mean, you know, um, man. I mean, but you have to be with that with that much talent, still right? Got to do it. You know, you still do have to do it, of mm-hmm. course. But I mean, it, it helps. Baker when you ain't have, done it. What? Yeah. Baker ain't done it. Uh, well, there's a lot of coaching issues there. You know, you know, he's just getting Stefanski right. You know, some egos you got to deal with. Um, but I think also, I mean, let's look at the fact that, like, for instance, you talk about Tannehill. Uh, you know, and well, I mean, even Tom Brady, Ronald Jones has played really well for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Derrick Henry, like, I think having a good, solid running game will really open up that pass. And Cleveland's finding that out this year. Mm-hmm. They pound the rock, and then Baker's not as pressured to make all them big throws. So. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. The other name that we're no, not, that we're not talking about that we're eventually going to have to is is Ben Roth, Roethlisberger. If they keep winning, nope. if they keep winning, nope. We we know how this goes. Nope. We know how this goes. I know you don't like the Steelers. Nope. Keith, let it go. I'm not, let it go. I'm not even entertaining it. There's no yeah. way. Now, coach of the year, yes, Mike Tomlin for sure. But how it nope. go, how it goes in the NFL, more so than any other league, it's. The best player on the best team. You don't see a mediocre guy on a, or a good guy on a, on a mediocre team. And the Steelers are undefeated at this point. So not stats, but just stats are a part of it. I mean, it's, okay. I'm not saying it's it's irrelevant, but yeah. but you don't you don't get there with just numbers. You got to have the record and, and all that with it too. Yeah, and so that's that's True. why I'm saying that eventually, um, he's going to be a part of that conversation. Do I think he'll win? I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, my thing is about the Steelers. I think the best player on their team is their defense. Oh, well, of course, that's not for a player, sure. Ian. See, you're breaking the rules. I know, but I'm just saying. I, <laughs> that defense is something, I don't, man. I don't think you can look at that team and consider him the most valuable. I mean, when you look at what they were last year and what they are now, he's well, pretty that's, valuable. That, that's, that's actually very true, too. Dang. Well, they also didn't have James Conner for a lot of time. I mean, he was he, in and I mean, he had a pretty good year last year, I thought, James Conner. Are you yeah. talking about this year? Last year. Oh, no, last year. Okay, gotcha, yeah. He was hurt some last year, too. Go. But yeah. uh, He's, but I, I think even our commentary kind of supports my thoughts about Aaron Rodgers because yeah, you look at Mahomes, you can whew, look at all that talent, how York can chase that. Tom Brady, whew, look at all that talent, how he does it. Even Russell Wilson, yeah, is it just DK and Tyler Lockett? Sure, 
uh, but and, and Chris <laughs> ever uh, ever changing roundtable of, uh, of 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 people in the backfield. But <laughs> he's got some names. Aaron Rodgers, like if Devontae Adams not there, Aaron Jones has been injured, so on and so forth. He's still getting it done. Yep, and that's that's no defense to look at. That's that's super valuable, and so I still got to give the nod to him thus far. Yeah. So it's a lot of football to be played. A lot of football. Um, Thank God for that. I think we know who the who the front runners are, but we all know that that could change. It can. Somebody could get hot at the right moment, have their yep. MVP moment, and um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. But let's talk about a team that's not doing well. Um, and it got ugly this weekend, uh, losing to the Eagles. Um, and now they're mm. getting ready to start another a fourth quarterback. Um, <laughs> here's, did y'all hear what the quarterback said after the game last week? No. He's what's, what's the dude's name? Look, I don't. Who knows? I don't even. Yeah, sorry. Kaluchi, Whoever you are, guy. Yeah, Danucci. Like yeah, Danucci, yeah, Danucci, yeah. Danucci, yeah. He said this NFL thing is hard. I'm like, all right. <sighs> so he's not even. He's not even in the running to start this week. No. Nope. After your quarterback says that, and they were like doing like wildcat with Ezekiel Elliott, and then some wide receiver I've never heard of. Like they did not trust that quarterback at all. Yep. Um, so they're looking at starting either Cooper Rush, who was the backup last year, or Garrett Gilbert, who hasn't really played in the NFL since. Meanwhile, Colin Kaepernick is still out there without a job. Just going to throw that out there every pod still. for everyone listening. Just, just saying. Facts. Right. It's, it's true. So we're going to do a little fun little – everybody put on your Adam Schefter hat, your your coach hat, your GM hat. What oh, you, you, mean my, you mean my hat, Black Adam Schefter? Black I, got Adam Schefter. I got you. Yes, the Black Adam <laughs> Schefter <laughs> Uh, how how would you fix this? What would you do either during the season or um, during the off season to fix what's wrong with this team? Fire the head coach. <laughs> that's, the, that's the start. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Ian. No, I, that's funny. I was thinking the same thing, right? And then I said, well, this is the same head coach that when he had an actual functional quarterback, um, they were they were playing very even if they weren't playing great, they were more than a competent offense. You know, they read when they rolled into Cleveland, you you braced yourself for what the Cowboys were bringing to the table. Yeah, he helped maximize and get the most out of out of Zeke and everything. So I said, you know what? I don't think that I can put it all on the coaching. Um, it's more of an organizational thing. Looking at guys getting you know pieces and and how do you if you're the Dallas Cowboys, how do you not have a backup quarterback with a pole? That's a great question. There's so you got all these weapons. Uh, again, McCarthy was was instrumental in getting CD Lamb. Why, 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 well, getting his name. Uh, why do we know who he is? Because you know that offense supported his talent. He was he was putting him in positions to win. I just don't understand. Well, I would defense, say trade. They did, they did have a, they did have Andy they Dalton. Andy Dalton. And yeah, Ian Bostic a- tried to kill him. <laughs> and then you and you then, have to. And then he caught COVID. And so I mean now, they had the best backup probably in the NFL. With Andy Dalton, honestly, I'm I would, sorry. What? He's probably the best backup in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns have a better backup than Andy Dalton. Who's Case your, Keenum? Case Keenum? Oh, bro, no. I would, I, nope. No. I I I believe that Case Keenum nope. could orchestrate and Cor could manage a game. He could Red Rock Ray John Rondo it. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> facilitator of offense yeah. in the league. Some, no, but uh, no, I, 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 I don't. I don't. I can't get with Andy Dalton just because he gets he gets fast and loose too quick. 
And so for as much as he could chuck the ball and get it to guys, he'll also throw it into triple coverage with no conscience. And Case Keenum is you're saying he's a game manager. He doesn't do that. I mean, but he he's a, he's a successful game manager. Has who, he won a playoff game? Oh, so he's in the same part with Andy Dalton. Okay, thanks, Ian. God bless you. Thank you. So winning a playoff game is 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 the great. I mean, that, that's the holy much, grail. When you're, of, when you're of talking about you. these type of quarterbacks, they're both middle of the road, very average quarterbacks. That now listen, there's there was moments where Andy Dalton was in MVP can. I mean, talks when we were like undefeated. We started, you know, I forget what season that was. We were like seven or eight and zero. But you can't tell me that you Case Keenum is going to be that much higher than Andy Dalton. Okay. I think we're uh, okay. Well, we're 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 definitely digging into the tangent more than anything. Andy Dalton was not like, oh man, we're 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 in great shape because we got Andy Dalton. It's 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 average. It's fine. And I, I think there's a lot of better, you know, and you brought up Kaepernick. I think Well of course especially but he's not given actually the way on the that, roster. Right. Uh, true enough. <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't justify it. We're, we're talking about the fact that they weren't set up, you know, to to win in the event that something happened to Dak, a guy who were. does scramble, who does they who were. does get out of the pocket with Andy Dalton. Yes, he's the best backup wow. you can get. We're we're fully persuaded that Andy Dalton was a guy that's like, man, anything happens to Doc, happens to Dak, we're completely comfortable turning and giving the keys of the offense over to Andy Dalton. Are you completely comfortable with giving the keys over to Case Keenum with your Browns right now? Give me another example. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. So all I'm saying no, is no, like, that 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 doesn't that doesn't prove any argument that you've made. You're what I'm saying on is, one is that there's no other league, like there's no team in the NFL right now. If Patrick Mahomes goes down and Matt Moore is their quarterback, they're not about to be like, oh yes, we're just like no one's doing that. But what I'm saying is, is that if you get Andy Dalton, like I would love to have Andy Dalton as a backup. Um, cause I mean, I'm, he's a veteran guy, you know, he's, he's not great, but again, we're talking about backups and he's at the top of the list. I don't understand how this is this hard. Okay. <laughs> I, wow. This, this conversation this with, took a turn. Uh, I couldn't, I was yeah, like, was, whoa, I, I was not ready for that. Ian. I was not ready for that take. Here, here it is. I mean, listen, if talk about backups, Jameis Winston, We'll give you more time. Again, I understand. There's pros and cons to all these guys. James Winston. Marcus Mariota is still out there. Matt Schaub is still out there. I mean, he's currently a backup, so on and so forth. And none of those um, quarterbacks have won anything. Robert Griffin. Are you you're still banking this? Joe Flacco is a backup. And he's, and he's a quarter. Terrible. He's a Super Bowl. He's, he's a Super Bowl winning. If we're going by your metric. He should be the number one backup in the league, right? Uh, okay, that's all right. I, I see what you're trying to do there. The, the Ravens won that. That remember we're talking about that defense. Remember that what you just said that I defense see. that won them. That, was, was Joe Flacco not not throwing the ball well? I, look, I see what you're saying. He's not good now. He's not good now. <laughs> not at all. Not, there's a reason that. <laughs> but he's Andy, on the Dal- okay. I I from what my understanding, Andy. Okay, I, I I'm I hear you guys. I'm with you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> But I just don't. I, I do not. I do not agree to Andy Dalton. I, I could sit and be. Whew, I'm good to go because I've got Andy well, ready if anything happens. So who, here's the question: Then who should they have had? If you're saying they didn't set it up to where there's someone in case of, that's my question. If honestly, with the way that I play the game and the way that I set things up, and here we go. Okay. I mean. 
I'm just saying, RG3 would have got a look for me. Jameis Winston would have got a look for me. And definitely Marcus Mariota as he's a little oh, bit more mobile than some of those man. other guys. And didn't Mariota, did he win the playoff game or did they? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I don't even I don't remember. <laughs> but, yeah. I just don't. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not buying into the Andy. I, 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 I'm glad you guys are, are bought in. Wow. Man, Ian. Whew. All right. Wow. This got derailed really fast. Um, <laughs> I want to know how many of our listeners will be like, I mean, Ian, you're, cr- Ian, you're crazy. We'd love to hear Andy you guys' Dalton. thoughts Andy on Dalton this. Andy Dalton is yes, absolutely please. the answer. He's just a good backup. I'm not saying he's the He's yeah, a good he, backup to have. Probably the best backup in the NFL. That's all, that's all I'm saying. We're talking about backups, not not like starters, like backups. But you know, hey, we can you know. Well, I digress. I digress. Wow. <laughs> well, I was what I was trying to say before this got derailed is that they tried to do that. With right. Andy with Andy and then he got nearly murdered, and yeah. then uh, you know, then they had to go to some guy we've never heard of, and now they're about to go to two other guys we've never heard of. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening at this point. Yeah, I, with the Cowboys, I mean. Yeah, I mean, Gary Gilbert is Gary Gilbert. Who cares? Uh, Cooper Rush. Who cares again? No one. <laughs> so it's, it, they they tried. They tried to have a backup plan, and it got derailed. And yep. I I think that the real problem with this team is this offensive line is not as good as it has been the last nope, two years. Not at all. They're not healthy, and they're not. And then they're not the group. The guys that are playing aren't gelling, and so they're not able to make holes. They're not able to protect whoever the quarterback is. So you got to go and figure out which guys can we deal, or and what ways can we upgrade the offensive line in the draft. They got to tank at this point. They they just got just tank. completely tank it, bro. Just, I mean, because here's the deal: like, yes, you could potentially in your terrible conference, you could <laughs> potentially somehow sneak into the playoffs in some ungodly way, but you're not going to win against Arizona, Seattle's. Um, Green Bay's. You're not going to beat those type of teams. Heck, I don't even think they're going to beat Minnesota right now. The way Dalvin Cook's playing, so um, they just need to tank, get a really high draft pick, you know, get Dak back, and then you guys are back to you know back to going. But that, yeah, man, they got they got to tank. They cannot. Don't go out there trying to show out now, y'all. Like it's just probably not worth it at this point. I think Jerry Jones is too proud. Like, oh yeah, I don't he think he's, he's going. He's gonna pull the trigger, and McCarthy's gonna be trying to save his job. I think they will be, yeah, they're they're gonna be middle of the pack somewhere. I I don't know if McCarthy survives this. I don't know if he does. Mm. There's just been some there's been some coaching things and some like the the team. He doesn't really feel like it doesn't seem like the team is really locked in with him. Yeah, like that's true. Similar to last year with um in, in Cleveland with um with. Freddie Kitchens. Oh, it doesn't really. Kitch. It's the same thing. I don't think that the team was not bought into Freddie Kitchens, and I. It doesn't feel like these Cowboys are like even the after the the hit on Dalton McCarthy said it. He was like, "Yeah, I was a little surprised by how the team responded." And a good veteran coach team that would never happen Ooh. with Steelers. Somebody goes after Ben Ben Roethlisberger, we're taking that guy's head off. Yep. Somebody goes yeah. after Lamar yeah. Jackson, we're taking that guy's like that's not happening. Um, and so that's that's a culture thing. Um, and if your guys aren't bought in, that's the kind of stuff that happens. Ooh-wee. I'm glad he didn't win our coaching search. Oh my gosh, y'all, y'all dodged a bullet. That. Y'all dodged a bullet. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want him either. I mean, I think you. Never mind. Anyways, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't <laughs> no, I thought you had a hot take. No, I just. I mean, Zach Taylor isn't. You know, 
the savior either. But, you know, at least you got Joe Burrow. You know, that's cool. But, you know, bring on Eric B. And me, please. Cowboys. For the love of God. Do the right thing. Fire McCarthy and bring in Eric B. Enemy. Or, I mean, I'm sure Keith would agree with this. Bring in Mark Jackson. That's who Keith always wants to coach. Oh, my Mark God. Jackson. Here we go. I'm sorry. I want to black. Oh, God. <laughs> He's in Arizona. I ask this every podcast. He's in Arizona with Marvin Lewis and uh, Arizona State with. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we might get to talk about in a little bit later. Um, that's that's called a tease, kids. Um, <laughs> coming up, also coming up this week, we might see the debut of one Antonio Brown. Boom, and oh. we back, baby! Oh, Antonio no. Brown, oh, we no. back, we back. Oh. In there, in there, um, He's active. Uh, he, I believe, he starts practice. I think he, today was his first official day of practice with the team. Um, and there, and he's coming in a big game. They're mm. facing the Saints this weekend. Yeah. Yep. So, what can we reasonably expect from a guy who hasn't played? It's it's got to be over a year now since yep. he's played. What can we expect just, from him? I'm listening for Keith's response. So I can argue. Go ahead. Keith. <laughs> oh, Ian. <laughs> Antonio Brown is still the best wide receiver. <laughs> Listen, we got We got. Have you bring, not seen the tape? <laughs> we got to bring this back up during our uh, NFL Sunday show. Which, by the way, guys, make sure you tune in. That's another tease. Um, but uh, on Facebook, Live. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've just been listening to the reports, and they say he athletically he just looks great. Looks like he's been keeping his body in shape, and um, you know, the coach says that they can, you know, definitely at least see you know twenty twenty five snaps or something like that for him to play. So here's the deal: we saw what he did with New England in one game, scored a touchdown. He got that chemistry really quickly together with Tom Brady. This is he's going to be solid, and I think he's about to make a strong case uh, to be the number one in Tampa Bay, even though mm. they have Mike Evans and um, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin has been very injury-prone this, this season, and Mike Evans just is very up and down. I don't know what Injuries. it is. you know He's That too, too right. Mm. So yep. Yep. this is him between Antonio Brown and Gronk. We may see, you know, yeah. So we're. I'm very intrigued. I think that uh, the – Reports are not lying. I think I do think he's going to be in good shape, and I think he's going to turn some heads. Uh, New Orleans better look out. That's crazy because I don't think we've ever seen Brady with two number one wideouts, let alone like three. Might as well be three. The, right, uh, right. You talk about Scotty Miller? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> talk about, <laughs> talk about Scotty Miller, Antonio uh, Brown, and <laughs> it's. Uh, it's wild. I, I remembered. I was thinking about this, and I was like, "It could have been. We could have been watching AB versus the Bucks. Uh, he was almost with New England. Mm. Like they they were interested in him back then. But yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how he looks. Yes, he's in shape, but football shape is different. Yeah. And so knowing how many snaps they give him, how familiar he actually gets with the uh. Playbook. But I mean, it's, it's AB. I don't know how familiar I need him to be with <laughs> the playbook. Um, the dude is a freak, and like you, like Keith mentioned, they they. He and Brady had started off with chemistry uh, right there in New England before the text messages and the threats and stuff like that blew up. And so I I also expected them to get right back into into form. And this could be the scariest offense in the NFL. I don't think he'll take over like number one slot, but I do think we could be looking at a situation where uh, you don't know who's going to be number one. Mm -hmm. It could be Stephon Diggs, uh, uh, Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, you know, who any given day, yeah. however the defense decides to shade, you yeah. can't guard both of them. 
And so, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting to see if he comes out. If if I'm if he catches five passes, okay, I don't even know why I'm about to put this weird restriction on him. But <laughs> if uh, if if I see him, you know, over fifty percent passes, you know, just looking for how his hands look. How, of course, he's got his legs will get to come as time goes on. But if he's capitalizing on his targets and if he's beating guys uh, off of the line, that's that's really what I'm kind of looking for. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If this is going to be the game that he's going to break out. Um, a year off is a long time. It's a long time, and like like in any sport, you can be in the best shape of your life, but until you play some games and get into that game shape, it's going to take a minute for you to get your legs. Sure. Um, and so I would say probably the next game is the game I would look for him to make a bigger impact. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a couple catches, maybe even a touchdown, and the limited snaps he's going to have, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is definitely something for the long play yep. for three, four, five weeks from now. Is when we're, I mean, and that offense is clicking now. It sure is. Um, and so how much do you mess with that right now, especially in a pivotal game like this in your division against the Saints? Um, I think week two, week three of him is when we'll really see him break out and eventually become a big part of this offense. But right now, I think they're going to slow play it, um, let him get back into game shape, and then – when playoff time comes around, they want to be going full full bore by then. I think that's disrespectful to Carolina's stingy defense uh, that you think <laughs> he'll break out at, in the game against them. <laughs> I don't have it. I I couldn't <laughs> think of anything. So, all right. <laughs> I honestly know nothing about the Carolina Panthers this year. <laughs> Um, root for Teddy Bridgewater, black quarterback. Let's they go. They played well, honestly. Yeah, that, like, surprisingly, they've been better than what people probably would have expected when Bridgewater came in and Matt Rule. So definitely yeah. better than you thought they would be with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Keith was not is not a big Teddy Bridgewater fan. Just so everybody knows, it's not that. I just never mind. Wait a minute. Is is uh, Taysom Hill not the best back? I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Taysom. Um, all right. Book so it. So, so y'all don't think that they should have traded or anything? Who? When? Who? Never mind. Who? I'm not Are going you going back, back to, to Dallas? I'm not going back to this. You, I'm not you doing just it. Did. You just did. <laughs> no, you think they could have traded? They don't have a whole lot. Of, I don't know what you trade for. I mean, I don't know what you do. And then who's 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 available? Right. What is it going to cost? The like, only other thing they could have done better than Andy Dalton at this at this point would have been to get Colin Kaepernick as their backup. But they're not going to do that. So you know, next best up, I guess. I mean, they can go resurrect Luca McCown. That's what everybody does. <laughs> Josh <laughs> or, McCown I mean, just got Josh, signed. Josh, yeah, yeah, by the Josh Texans. Texans. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what everyone does when they need a quarterback. Oh, Josh McCown's out here, and he's. I tell you what, Josh McCown. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna say I prefer him over Andy. Yo, I was about, bro, Ian. I was about to. We were gonna have a really interesting conversation. (laughs) Rename this podcast "Best Backup Debate." Let's do it. We spent a whole hour just talking about the best backup quarterback. All right, so games to watch this week. We talked a little bit about the big elephant in the room game. Um, So feel free to talk about that one if you want to. Or what other games are you guys going to be looking at this weekend? I'm honestly looking at Baltimore and Indianapolis. I think that's yep. going to be a great matchup. Uh, again, as I mentioned before on this podcast, Lamar Jackson was not good last week when he played Pittsburgh. Um, four turnovers. It was really ugly, and he's about to play another good defense. Yep. 
uh, in Indianapolis. Their their defense has been carrying them. Phillip Rivers has done enough to get you know get them some wins, um, but that offense is playing well as well. So uh, I want to see what you know what type of pressure they're going to put on Lamar and how he's going to be able to do that in Indy. Um, it's you know a dome, so you know no weather uh, as a as a factor. But that'll be the game I'm looking at this week. Ian, what you got? Honestly, uh, I am interested in you know I'm not even gonna do it, Malcolm. Raiders Chargers uh, <laughs> is one that was on my radar, <laughs> not only for the fantasy implications that it has, which it does come oh, through wow. Josh Jacobs, um, but. <clears throat> Uh, I'm on playoff watch already at this point, um, and it's definitely biased because the Browns are sitting there at five and three, and uh, I'm not sure of how all the tie tiebreakers work, but I just know I need uh, the Raiders to to lose some games, so um, I'll definitely be watching that in hater mode. <laughs> yeah, I want to see this uh, Buffalo Bills Seahawks game. That would be um, good too. Seahawks. Both teams coming off. Wait, did the Seahawks? Was was that Arizona game this past week? Or no, that they just won. No, a game? no, no, no. They just won. Okay. Yeah. My weeks are getting all t- crossed up. Um, but Buffalo's, you know, they've been struggling. They've got to get get it get right and get right fast because Miami is is sniffing sniffing around. Uh, they really the are, division. man. Um, you know, so I think you know Josh Allen. He he's got to get back to playing well. The last yep. few weeks have really been a struggle for him. Um, and if he's not going to do it, that team is going to struggle. So, and they and they've got a tough test against uh, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, um, and those group of guys. Um, and then you know we'll get hopefully this this will be did, Dunlap didn't play this week, did he? Did Dunlap play this week? Uh no, it'll be so, this upcoming. So this will be his first week. <laughs> yep. Um, with the Seahawks, so I'll be interested to see how he affects their pass rush. Uh, will they be able to get a little bit of pressure on Josh Allen? Um, so I'll definitely be looking at that one. And you know, have some fantasy interest in that one as well. Of course, of course. Um, Dolphins Cardinals. Would I think it's very. Too, yeah, I was just watching. I think very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I just thought it was ironic that uh, Malcolm forgot whether or not Seattle played. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got my weeks all messed up. All these okay. weeks get messed up, bro. I don't know what day. I don't know. If, I don't know if you just like repressed the memory of them beating the Niners or not. Um, yeah, no, I do, I did not, did not care about that at all. Um, gotcha. <laughs> we're done. Forty are done, guys. <laughs> Um, so yeah, here's here's a fun fact uh, about the 49ers. With Kendrick Bourne being out this week because he got COVID, none of our players that touched the ball on offense in the NFC Championship game last year are playing on Sunday. None of them. Geez. Not a single That's why player. I'm playing Green Bay's defense <laughs> against y'all this week. Feel I'm, free. I'm like, look, they, they better be able to do something. <laughs> we don't have a healthy uh, running back. It, yeah, it's it's ugly. So. Take it for Trevor. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so you're so you're completely out on Jimmy G as well. He's hurt. He ain't helping me right now. No, I'm just saying, like, out on him as as. Oh no, as I'm not. I'm not out. And taking for Trevor just sounds good. I can't say taking for <laughs> uh, whoever the tenth <laughs> pick is. Like that's no fun. Trey Lance, right? <laughs> not even that. He's not going to be available there. Oh yeah, probably not. Um, taking no, he, for you said it though for, for Lorenzo Wentz. What's what's Wade's name at Ohio State? Oh, oh uh, Sean Wade. For Sean Wade, let's go, baby. That doesn't even sound good. See? That's not great. Um, 
Keith, let's do a quick little fantasy football update. This oh, week yeah. was a thriller. Thriller. Man, it was so good. It came. You know, what's fun about this is, you know, being, you know, at home with Malcolm and we're able to look at, you know, uh, one last game. You know, the teams are going against each other. Well, they, they weren't going against each other. Mm-hmm. But our fantasy teams were, you know. But, of course, I pull out the victory again. Four that points. That makes me four and one. Four Thank freaking. you very much. And you know whose fault it is? Freaking Jamal Williams, who got two catches at the end of that game. Thank you, Jamal. If it wasn't for that, I would have won this week. God bless you. Uh, but you know, hey, uh, again, so the the Black Adam Schefter stays with me right now. What's the so what's the what's the tally right now? Uh, well, I am uh, four and one. Uh, Ian has won one week, and Malcolm, you haven't won yet. But I'm, I'm there's, so there's some promise. There's I'm some so promise close. there for you. You know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's got to step it up. Joe Mixon, please come back healthy. Yeah, use your points. <laughs> really I just good. want to mention at this point that uh, one certain. Christian McCaffrey might be coming back this week. Okay. Right. <laughs> here, here we go. Remember this energy, uh, everybody. Uh, all right, Ian, Ian, just remember how your fantasy weeks go. We get a text message from you in the middle of the first game. I, oh, I can't believe okay. so-and-so got hurt. <laughs> now, that is completely... Okay, okay, listen. So, mind you, I got plenty of guys on my bench that I wouldn't... But I mean, I can't do. I can't rotate them in in the middle of the week or in the middle of the game. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm hurting when guys just keep dropping like flies. But I always have somebody to replace them. It definitely hurts so. when you have to bench Ezekiel Elliott, though. Ooh, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's just it just is what it is. <laughs> that might be the. That might be my main impetus behind my uh, Andy Dalton take. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Clearly not in sync with Zeke, and uh, uh, no. and I'm furious about it. Oh, yeah. Weren't you? Wasn't Zeke your first pick? Keith, at the time, <laughs> <I don't, laughs> at the time, it was a good pick. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm not saying it wasn't. But uh, <sighs> if he was my number one, then yeah, I won't have very fond memories of this whole thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Oh, it's been, but it's been fun, fellas. It's, it's been fun. It's fun. It'll be fun when I win one. Then yeah. I'll be having fun. I'm not having fun yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not fun unless you're winning. That was my this philosophy as a kid playing sports. It is my philosophy now during fantasy football. This is true. Um, all right, so let's switch gears to college football. Let's start off by talking about two upsets that happened this week. I'm going to ask you which upset, upset has bigger implications. Michigan State. Beating Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, and then Texas. We back, baby. Texas. Let's go, Texas. <laughs> fight song. We all have it, baby. Um, took yeah. down undefeated Oklahoma State. So, which one of these games do you think um, is more important or more impactful? Oh, man, I mean, to me, I'm gonna say Michigan. Uh, Michigan State, mm. if for no other reason, because we we talked about Michigan potentially as a, uh, a um, conference. Um, opponent to Ohio State. Did, so, not really. Yeah, we, their name came. I didn't uh, even, they came up. Their yeah, name came up. It, it's because it we're by. contractually obligated to talk about another team other than Ohio State, and nobody else is really interested at all. Other than Indiana, they're two zero right now. We and definitely. Now. That was, it was a, it was a struggle conversation <laughs> as we as we looked at the conference. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Period. But uh, no, I mean it's you know it, it's just interesting. Um, you know, just to see Michigan continue to be subpar, but what else would you expect? Mm. Mm. How's, how's, how's that make you feel, uh, Brother Malcolm? 
I'm fine. Okay. I I didn't expect Michigan to do a whole lot this year. So. Okay, good. I didn't expect it to be bad, but I mean, it's, it's it's also a rivalry game, so it's different. Yeah, it's different when you're playing against guys that you, especially in state. Like I love in state rivalries. You know, I know Ohio State and Michigan is the game or whatever, but in state rival, in state rivals are different. You're playing against guys that you played with all your life in high school in your area, especially in this rivalry. Those those Detroit guys. Um, and then there's the whole, you know, big brother, little brother thing. So there's, it's different when you're in a rivalry game. Um, so, you know, it happens. I was just glad, I was glad for Mel Tucker. Shout outs to another black head coach. You'd be, you'd be picking and choosing these black coaches. So Anyways, thank you very much. <laughs> Mike, uh, Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, by the way, is the most winningest black NFL and head I like coach. I Mike Tomlin. I do. Uh, yeah. I do. Yeah. Keep that same I, energy. Listen, I'd be saying, listen, I wish I had a coach like, you know, like Mike Tomlin. You had a black coach. You're right. He and was you terrible. chased him off. He was terrible after <laughs> like year eight, you know, like from year eight to 16, 17, however many years Marvin Lewis had with us. <laughs> he just should have been gone a long time ago. That's all I'm saying. Can we just name this episode? He loves Mike Tomlin. No, we're not, we're not going to do there. that. I like Mike Tomlin a lot. I think he's a good leader. He's a good head coach. I hate the Steelers steal, but um, you know, yeah. I will Photoshop a picture of Keith with a with a what is it a terrible towel in his back pocket. Oh my gosh, Ian. Yeah, I will fight. I think he might fight you. He might I fight may. You. I may. That's right. That'd but anyway, that'd be a fun podcast. Um, <laughs> so which which upset for you, uh, Keith? Um, I mean. I guess Texas just because it knocks Oklahoma State out of any type of like, you know, big time contention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they still got to play y'all, you know, uh, later on. So, yeah, I think that was crucial. If they came into like that week against you all undefeated and mm-hmm. only lost to you all, that's, you know. So, yeah, I think that takes them out. I, I, we weren't expecting Michigan to do much. So this loss for them it's just, you know, good for Ohio State fans to laugh at Michigan again. <laughs> that's, all, that's all Ohio State fans care about. Um, yeah, I, I was going to go with Texas as well. Um, I did predict this game, by the way. Um, <laughs> just want to say that. I'm the Black Altero. Oh, um, no. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Texas, we back, baby. We back. We back. Texas, Texas is back. Texas. Let's go. Can't but, beat Oklahoma, um, but you're partially back. <laughs> so Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma State looked like the real deal coming into this game, especially on defense. Um, and, and Texas was Robert. able to score and um, force some turnovers in that game. So I was really impressed with them. You know, it's I, I told you guys, this is going to be one of those college football years where I don't think the winner of the season is going to be unscathed. I think somebody's going to have one or two losses and we're going to get know, to bro. that to the end of the year. Um, you know, so I think that's something that that we'll have to look at at these as as the season wears on. There's going to be some just weird things, weird games that you don't expect from teams. Um, but I, I give Texas a lot of credit for taking it to this really hot Oklahoma State team. Um, and offensively, even in that game, Oklahoma State at moments looked really good, especially in the passing in the passing game. Um, so yeah, credit to them. Shout out to them. Shout out to Michigan State. Mel Tucker getting his first win. Yep, um, big win for him. In other big Big Ten news, um, Notre Dame not Notre Dame, Wisconsin versus Purdue was canceled. This is the second game for Wisconsin that that has been canceled due to COVID. Um, is there any chance that Wisconsin can recover from this and win the, the Big Ten West? Nope. They weren't. Oh, um, I, yeah, they probably were going to anyways. Wait, are they in with Northwestern? Mm-hmm. Nope. No, they weren't. Anyways, <laughs> I got to stick to my stick to my pick. <laughs> stick to my pick. 
but no, there's no, uh, there's, I mean, they, there's two games that you don't, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, they had a ton of cases. Wisconsin might as well just chuck it they up. They had 27, I think there are 27 or 30 cases. Just yeah. chuck it up. It, you know, hey, COVID got y'all, you know, uh, we don't know what y'all players were doing out there. Hopefully you weren't, you know, meeting up with Sweet Lou and, you know, some of the mother boys. Um, but yeah, I think it's a wrap, honestly. And, and that's the, that's the nature of this eight straight weeks mm-hmm. um no workarounds or anything like that so you know it's unfortunate i'm sorry wisconsin it probably wasn't going to be your year anyways yeah i was gonna say the same thing especially with northwestern looking really like they got got a hold on that who have they played uh, who's northwestern play listen they're two and no malcolm that's that's what's who they most play? i just want to can somebody answer my question who they played um who they play i think purdue was one week and uh I don't know. Some other big ten. So opponent, nobody. So no, they're just playing nobody. Got you. Who's on their schedule again? Uh, well, Wisconsin, Wisconsin may not make it. Uh, to that game. <laughs> <laughs> they may literally not make it to that game. Oh uh, well, you know, man, it is what it is. But that game against Maryland was riveting. They beat Iowa and Maryland. Um, and Iowa's weird. Who knows? You never know when Iowa's going to be good. You don't. But if they will out some sick kid, you know, and then you know, like well, you said, I mean, Wisconsin was going to be the best team that they played. They destroyed and, Maryland real bad. Like, is, and we don't know if Wisconsin, Wisconsin, you know. And uh, remind you, we talked about this weeks ago. You know, oh, our guard boys are looking out there like, why can't we play? That's why you can't play. <laughs> That's why you can't this play. Is why. Right. This is exactly <laughs> this why. Is why. Listen, Northwestern but, uh, does have Wisconsin and they have Michigan State. So those will be Michigan some telling State games. Is not a t- they should beat Michigan State. They're tough. Michigan State is tough. As cl- clearly, Michigan just found out. It's a rivalry game. No, not, not We that. can't always I'm chalk that, that up. Oh, come on. Rivalry games, y'all. Come on now. I know they, Ohio they, State they only has they, one rivalry game, but other teams have multiple rivalry and they're different. Yeah, okay. You know, hey. They're I just mean, a, Penn State is a low-level rivalry game. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's yeah. usually a big game. I don't know it if it's is, a rivalry especially game. Especially when it's at Penn State. It wasn't a big game this year. But it was not. Yeah. Let's yeah. Notice we're not talking about that terrible Yes, we, we don't need to talk about that. Um, I agree 100%. Um, what were we talking about again? I don't remember. What? Oh, well. Oh, Purdue, yeah. Yeah. So, Northwestern. We're about Northwestern. Yeah. yeah. I'm, wow. I would never thought we would be talking about Northwestern on this podcast. Well, I, I brought it up, and I just <laughs> I just had to stick to my pick. That's it. That's all I have to, That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. Um, Peyton Ramsey, we back, baby. <laughs> back? Man. Let's yeah. see them play. So, well, they're not going to play anybody. So, <laughs> they may win the West and then get completely curb stomped by Ohio State. That's fine. <laughs> hey, they still got there. That, that's my pick. As long as I'm right there. Did you say curb stomp? Curb oh, stomp. No. It's not going to be. Look, guys, Ohio State. It's just way better than everyone else in this. Yes, absolutely. it's not even. It's like Clemson and ACC. In ACC, even. it's ridiculous. When after I saw Penn State play against Indiana, I was like, "Yeah, there's no chance. They're not gonna. There's a good chance they're not gonna lose unless somebody gets COVID." Uh, yeah, it. right. If Justin Fields gets COVID. You know, we may be talking something different. And speaking of quarterbacks getting COVID, <laughs> <laughs> slam dunk that's, right there. Ian. That's called a segue, kids. Yep, there it is. Uh, I, love it. I love it. Trevor Lawrence uh, missed last week's game against BC, and after that game, uh, Dabo Sweeney said Lawrence would not play mm. in the big game this mm. week against in the in the big top five matchup yep. against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Can't wait. Um, guys, this, this is a game that's hard to tell what's going to happen. Yep. Um, but I'm not even going to try to pronounce their new quarterback's name. But DJ, that's just his name. That's it. Clemson, Clemson with their new quarterback, DJ. DJ. Will they be able <laughs> to uh, keep their record unscathed against Notre Dame? I think so. You think so? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really, that's really kind of all I got. I mean, systems went out in college football. 
you'll get to that. Uh, I, I'm sure that Dabo uh, has everything set up for them. I mean, it, it'll be – I also don't trust Notre Dame. I feel like I said this last year when Notre Dame had a big game on the pod and they lost, which is just their custom of kind of doing. Yeah. I don't have anything yeah. against you, Notre Dame fans. No, no, ooh, Notre Dame fans, <laughs> but uh, it just kind of is what it is. But, uh, no, I think they have enough. As long as you got a guy named Travis Etienne in the backfield, I think uh, – Etienne. Malcolm, what say ye? Um, I've never been a huge Ian Book fan. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame's offense at times it's good, but when they get up against elite teams, Ian Book doesn't show up. Yep. Um, and so the wep all of the the weapons are there for Clemson still. Amari Rogers, you still got Etn. Um, and this this freshman quarterback is is pretty good. Yeah, uh, he he doesn't have a lot of experience, but he's got an incredible arm. He's got the athletic. He's got a lot of the things that you like in Trevor. He might even be a little bit better of an athlete than Trevor is. Um, so I think they're going to be able to score against this team. And I think when it comes down to it, I think Clemson is going to pull it out. But I'm I'm just not a full believer in Notre Dame and what they bring to the table, particularly offensively. I don't know. Um, I think Brett Venables is going to have the game plan to kind of bottle up um, Ian Book. I will say Notre Dame has been able to run the ball really well this year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is kind of the wild card for me. If 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 Venables can't really stop that running game or they have problems stopping that running game and they really get rolling, then I think that's when things can get interesting. But overall, I think there's just still too much talent on the offensive side of the ball for for Clemson. Um, and yep. I think the freshman quarterback, DJ, is he's going to be the real deal. Yeah, I would agree, honestly. I, I Here's the one thing, though. He can't have three turnovers Absolutely against not. Notre Dame. Absolutely or they definitely not. will lose. So um, that's what I'm going to be paying attention to. If he turns the ball over like twice, I think Notre Dame's going to win. Um, because even though Ian Book is not the best in big time games, if you give him the ball at the fifty, yeah, um, you know where he's he ain't got to do a whole lot, you know. Hey, especially with that, as you said, that running game, get that running game going. So, if we were like on a pod, like on Saturday, I may consider taking Notre Dame, but for right now, I'm you know I still got to roll with Clemson because I trust Brent Brent Venables um, to get the job done for the most part. So, yep. Ian, did you give a did you give a uh, your prediction? I'm sorry. My prediction for what? I missed it. Uh, for uh, Clemson and uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I said Clemson had it. Okay. Yeah, because he said because he said uh, as long as they got Ian, I mean Travis Etienne in the back. Um, okay. Yeah. We all are going unanimously with Clemson. Well, I got well, confused for a second. I'm sorry, America. It's okay. He fell asleep. You know, Coach uh, K. You know, just, I didn't <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> So can I tell you what really happened? My wife just just called me like twice. Oh, uh oh. So I thought something was wrong, but <laughs> all right, we might as well for the pod. Uh, what she she called me because she found our wedding video, oh. which we thought a guy we thought a guy like scammed us for it, and we don't know how we ended up having it. So uh, wow. <laughs> No, that happened. Yeah. I had a coworker who doesn't have any of the wedding photos or or videos from her wedding because the dude did all the work and then just disappeared and they never heard from him again. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, can I tell you? Can I tell you the truth? The reason that this this sits with me that's crazy you say that. I have two direct friends and like three tertiary friends who all have the same story about wedding photographers or videographers. Get, they they get paid and then they just skip out with the material. <laughs> I don't know if, if like 
like wedding videos going on the black <laughs> web for some like large amount or what? But it's, it's just crazy that people keep doing that. But yeah, that's what I, that, I'm about to go look that up. Who is selling wedding videos? Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who is peddling <laughs> wedding videos? Yo, got a, got an interracial couple here. Uh, <laughs> oh God! It's a winter wedding. This is rare. Interracial couple winter wedding. With a praise break, <laughs> you, look, you don't want to miss this one. This is the good. Listen, lonely women or men <laughs> who are out here, like, cut, cut and paste my face onto the groom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I can live out this experience. What if, all, what if all those, like, wedding videos we see? This is, I'm sorry, y'all, that y'all have to deal with this side conversation. Oh. Just hold this L for a second while we talk. Um, um, what if all those, like, viral wedding videos are some dude that just kept the couple's wedding video <laughs> and then puts it out on social media? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the family's like crying out while they get millions of views. Oh my god, this oh wedding was so god. much fun. Oh my god, I've never seen this video before. <laughs> That's not even my thing. <laughs> Alright, sorry guys. We're back. Three and one is back we after back. That, that brief hey, commercial break. Back, baby. <laughs> so Pat twelve returns this week. Um who really cares? Honestly, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I, I knew it. I knew it. Who really cares? Honestly, guys. our West Coast saying. listeners are in thrall. Come on! If it is not Ohio State or NFL, Keith is like, I am died. Do oh, not care. Easy, 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 easy. I, I really love watching SEC football, Big Ten, Big Twelve. I mean, ACC. Some, well, sometimes, um, but man, Pac twelve. Man, they're just not good. They are not good. Y'all tell me they're good for real. Well, the Big Ten is a good other than Ohio State. So, well, I mean that's true, but listen, it's our conference. So, you know, <laughs> we just gotta watch. We gotta watch. You know, look, I'm excited. About normally, ha- Penn State and Michigan and Michigan State are normally pretty good. So yeah. that's that's not a good argument. This year, the Pac-12 is exactly. normally never good. Really, there's like one t- like Oregon is normally the team or Stanford. Like it's just one of them, and then. You have, you know, your UCLA's, which Chip Kelly, is he still there? He's still there. Oh, well, he should be fired. Um, Finesca. Right. And, uh, you know, your Colorado's and Colorado State's. Colorado State is not in the Pac-12. Well, exactly. See, who cares? (laughs) Who cares? You guys, if you guys ever want to do a 3-1 drinking game, how, see how many times Keith says, I don't care. And if he says, I don't care, drink. Uh, <laughs> I ain't going to say that often. It happens every podcast. Uh, just once. Just, watch. just once. I have another topic coming up that I know he's going to say, Uh-oh. I don't care. To. I just is it know. baseball? It uh, is not baseball. <laughs> it is absolutely not baseball. Um, oh. So, all right. Team I, uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Ian. Well, no. I mean, just in terms of what I'm excited about, uh, I'm not going to say I don't care. Even though I feel that sentiment, yeah, that's right. Um, that's it. Thank you. I just think I'm you, <laughs> I just think you, you just throw, you just throw the Pac-12 teams in a hat, yep. you shake it up, yep. and you just kind of pull what you have out. <laughs> now, I will say, some people think USC has a shot at the college football playoff. Ah, mm. uh, yeah. Um, some people think the Ducks also have have a shot. Which Oregon, they they can always come through and surprise you, right? Um, aside from that. I'm not, I'm not a, yeah, I mean, what is it, like a seven-game season for them? Like seven games and then they're, and then they're like that. championship, yeah, right? Like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have fun with that, guys. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of out on it. Um, I'll be looking at USC. Reggie Butch is back. There we go. We're, ne- we're never going to be a national podcast ever. Oh, yes, we Re- are. Reggie, no. Reggie Bush is back. What are you, what are you talking I mean, about, Reggie Bush is back? What are you talking about? They've reinstated him, and so now he's able to do football activity with a 
that, that's what I got for the Pac-12. Thank you. Right that's great, great Pac-12 preview <laughs> talking about Reggie Bush. <laughs> Listen, that was that was to appease the fans. I'm sure they're excited about we're, Reggie. We're Bush never going to be a national. We're going we're going to have a national show on the ESPN or something. Keith, we're going to talk about. Keith, the, I don't care at all. Jeez, ratings <laughs> tank. No, no, I mean no. either that, either that, or we're going to bring back East Coast West Coast rivalry. Right but. there, we go. Boom. You know, we we some East Coast folks over here. But anyways, listen. The one thing I am curious about is I want to see how they're you know how um, Oregon's going to replace Justin Herbert. They've got two guys right now that you know are, are apparently battling it out. They're not saying who's going to be the starter, whether it be uh, Anthony Brown or Tyler. Is it Show Shaw, whatever? Um, so yeah, th- that's that's something. You know, um, I've, <laughs> I've you know added my my two cents, but uh, really, honestly, Oregon and USC are the only two things. And you know, also one other thing. Um, Stanford hasn't been as good as they last year was a, was a down year. Yeah, it was a really down year. So I'm interested to see how Coach Shaw, you know, is able to, you know, even with just seven games, if he can, you know, get some things flowing. You know, they're really known for their running game, their offensive line. Um, you know, but yeah, other than that, those are my those are my things. God yeah. bless you. God bless you, Malcolm. Oregon's talented. Uh, the quarterback situation just scares me. Yep. I'm really scared by that quarterback situation, and they've got quite a few guys that opted out, um, including. Uh, guy projected to be the top offensive lineman um, in the next in the next draft opted out. So I'm a little iffy about them. USC is actually the team that I, I'm really looking at to see are they are they back? USC, we back, baby. Uh, let's go, uh, let's go. US, cue the fight song. We don't have it. Um, <laughs> Keaton Slovis came in last year and and replaced JT Daniels, who got hurt um, and completed over seventy percent of his passes as a true freshman. Really looking the part of the next really good USC quarterback. Um, and they've got talent. I mean, USC they get talent, not like they had obviously in the in the Pete Carroll years, but. Um, Amon St. Ra, right receiver, is a beast. Um, so I'm looking for looking at them and then Arizona State. Um, Herm Edwards and that team. Daniels, the quarterback. Uh, they lost a lot of um, a lot of help in that backfield, but that offensive that that <clears throat> offense led by him and then the defense bringing back, I believe, eight starters this year. Um, I want to see if they can make that next step. The offensive line is a big question mark with them. Mm. Um, so I'll be interested to see how. Um, they come out that that USC um, Arizona State game. I think I believe it's week one. They're playing this week. That's going to be a big test in seeing who's going to win that division. Yep. Um, so let's make a little, some predictions. Who makes the Pac-12 championship game? We're going to start off with Ian on this. Who do you think will play in the Pac-12 championship? Game? Oh God. <clears throat> oh we. <laughs> I knew you well, were ready for this. That's why I asked. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's intriguing. I'll go ahead and say, hmm, yeah, for the sake of my dreams, I'll say Oregon, USC. I do think it's slightly realistic, so. I'll go next. I think it's going to be USC Cal, actually. Cal's defense is um, really good. I believe they're bringing back nine, eight or nine Ow. starters from last year. Mm. They got a young quarterback who is a little up and down, but I think in year two he'll be better. I, I'm just not a full believer in Oregon with all the guys they'll be missing and that quarterback situation being a little iffy. Um, and then I think there's another team that, that really is going to be hurt by not having a full um, home field. Oregon is a, is a tough place to play. Um, and so I think 
not having that advantage at home is going to be tough for them. So I'm, I think it's going to be Cal and USC in the um, in the Pac-12 championship game with USC winning it. And I will say, if 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 USC can run the table, they've got a shot at the playoff. It's it's a long shot, but they've got a shot. It's a very long shot. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I'm going to go with Oregon, and I'm going to choose a sleeper, Arizona State. Mm. I really liked what um, Herm Edwards did last year. And Marvin Lewis. And Marvin Lewis, and now Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think they, they're going to ride that momentum. And, uh, yeah, if it's not USC, I'm, that's going to be my, my little sleeper team. So I'm going to go with them. That is our in-depth Pac-12 take for all you West Coast fans out there. So we love y'all. We love you guys. Well, I love you guys. I don't know about these two guys. They they don't care about anything. Listen, we all have our things. You're an insider for college football. I am the Black Adam Shafter. I'm also a basketball insider. Yes, exactly. There you go. You have two. I'm actually the Black Adam Shafter because he does basketball and and no, he doesn't. He does not do that. a little bit basketball. No, that is Woj all day long. No, I mean, Woj is the guy, He's but the guy. Adam Shepard does basketball, too. That was part of his new deal. Anyway, I'm not doing... I'm, he is an NFL I am the insider. black whoever I decide I am. <laughs> I am the black Woj. Uh, How about that? Yeah, there you go. There no, you go. that doesn't work, because he's, he's white, so I got to do a well, black guy. So is Adam Shepard. I'm the black David Aldridge. There I go. <laughs> <laughs> then you just say you're I'm, David Aldridge. You can't say the black because he's no, black. No, that's, I'm the, actually that's done. the entire joke. It's the entire joke. They're not actually uh, white guys. Anyway, there it is, guys. <laughs> college football games to watch this weekend. I'm going to start because I want to get my game off first. Uh oh. <laughs> Georgia. Florida. Oh, man. Huge game in the SEC. Yep. Um, both teams have one loss. This could go a long way deciding who is going to come out of that <clears throat> SEC East. Um, Florida came back last week after being off a week with COVID. COVID. On COVID leave. Um, I just you really. Did you just shout out COVID? COVID. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, that's what they had. That's what know? they had. They had COVID. They were on COVID leave. Yeah. Uh, COVID strikes again. Let's go, baby. Let's go. No, no, not in that way. <laughs> so, um, I love, I love Kyle Trask, and their tight end Kyle Pitts is an absolute Beast. monster. Um, and they're starting to develop their running game a little bit. The defense is going to be the key for this game. Georgia, um, has been pretty solid on defense, minus um. The Alabama game, they've been pretty dominant. So, um, I think if uh, if Florida could figure out that defense, figure out how to get some big plays, I think they've got the key to winning that game. Mm. Ian, I'll let you go so I don't take your game. It's a uh, slightly interesting, I guess, from a national perspective. But uh, BYU Boise, yeah, I will be looking at. Um, I did highlight that I was trying to. Um, I'm trying to get my. Ooh, Mel Kuyper Jr. on and uh, oh. get get a look at these draft picks and, and guys that are potentials. And Zach Wilson was someone that I brought up. Yeah. Who I've actually heard a lot more noise about since um, a couple weeks ago. But um, didn't have a great game last week. Kind of struggled completing passes. And so I am uh, even looking forward to him being on the national stage. I think this one's on – I thought it was on late night, but no, it's actually on, I think, like Fox like that. Friday. I'll be watching Friday. Friday. It's on Friday. It's Friday. Ah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm looking at Michigan and Indiana, honestly. Mm. Um, Two ranked Big Ten teams. Um, Michigan coming off a a big, big loss. Um, And Indiana, you know, beat Penn State. I don't know who they beat week two. Um, But, you know, um, yeah. So, 
I'm curious to see if Indiana stays undefeated and if they become a, a you know, Big Ten type of contender uh, this year or if the first two games were just flukes. Um, and Michigan State's going to be hungry to avenge that loss that they, you know, suffered last week. So uh, that game is going to be fun to watch for sure. Okay, guys, I'm going to do something. It's not on the rundown. Uh-oh. Um, but every week there, there's been there's been upsets that no one predicted. Mm. So what's you guys' upset special this week, college football? I'll give you guys some time to think about it. Uh, that's a really great question. Let's go Kansas State again because they have a history of upsetting, especially when they're at home, and they got Oklahoma State at home this week, and they're unranked. So let's go with Kansas State for me. <clears throat> I am going to say – hmm, I'm going to say Miami. Oh, NC got, State. Got NC State? I think they, they were just ranked and had, I mean, got blown out by USC. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, you know, Miami looking at. So, North Carolina State taking down Miami. I like, I like, I like the boldness you went with that. Mm. Um, I'm going to go. With, trap game. What I've seen, I think they, I think they might drop that. Okay. All right, North Carolina State against Miami. I like that. Um, I'm just going to say it, guys. Rutgers versus – no, I'm kidding. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do think that'll be just a fun little revenge game for Chiano. Um Oh, crap. Oh, I'm actually going to go Stanford over Oregon um, week mm. one. Oregon's ranked number 12. Stanford unranked after that bad year last year. Yep. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm just not a full believer in them. Come on, Coach Saul. Um so I'm I'm gonna go with uh, go with the what's that dude's name David Shaw I don't know why I want to call him Shaw. something <laughs> David yep. Shaw from that Stanford taking down Oregon. Um, so we're going to finish up with a few NBA quick hits. These are the topics that I know Keith does not uh, care about. Uh, here we go. Um, so the Brooklyn Nets. Played together, their coaching staff with Steve Nash added Mike D'Antoni, mm. Amari Stoudemire, and I forgot how to say his first name, but his last name's Udoka, former Spurs assistant, spent last year, I believe, with the Sixers. Yep. Kyrie said this team doesn't need to be coached, but how do you like the staff that Steve Nash is putting around him? I mean, you know, hey, listen, D'Antoni is a very experienced coach, has some, you know, good history in the NBA. Amari Stoudemire would probably be like a player's type of coach. Player development, know? yeah. Um, you know, so I can I could see that. Um, and anyone who comes from a Spur, the Spurs organization uh, clearly knows what it means to be, you know, successful and, you know, have a good organization. So, you know, hey, I think they did well enough, you know, to where they didn't have a whole lot of guys that, you know, demand respect or demand, you know, they're authoritative. These are probably guys that's going to, you know, come alongside them and, uh, and you know, try to coach him up so uh yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not too upset about it i think yeah i think it's not bad not bad yeah i like i like being bringing that tony in um he is offensive genius whatever you think about what he's be able to do with his teams he's an offensive genius um so i'm interested to see what he could bring to that team um he's the master of this of the pace and space um, I love this move for Nash to bring in a veteran coach who's mm-hmm. been there, who's done mm-hmm. it, who he's comfortable with because he played for him yep. um, to help him kind of mold this team um, around these two big stars. 
Ian, what do you think about the Brooklyn coaching staff, the star-studded staff with Dan Tony, with Amari Stoudemire, Jacques Vaughn also returning, who was the interim coach last yeah. year? Yep. yep, that was the big piece for me, was that there's kind of, there's some semblance of continuity on the coaching staff. And so Jacques got those guys, especially the young guys. I, you know, the stars were out. Uh, but Jacques had them playing very well, especially down at the bubble. I think that will mean something moving forward as long as they can all gel. And of course, that's the great question, right? Uh, will Jacques gel uh, with the rest of the staff? Will the team be able to get with Jacques and not being the head coach, you know, after having such a successful year? So, um, yeah, I mean, not successful year, but having a year where I think we could definitely say that they came together a little bit. Mm. And so, yeah, I'll be interested to see. Um, I think, you know, a lot of folks have called for D'Antoni to be an offensive coach or be a, a, an assistant uh, that kind of just becomes the offensive mastermind. Uh, Tex Winter in, in, in a modern day sense. And so um, this may become the beginning of a beautiful thing. Amari, I, I don't really know. I, I don't know what Amari brings, but he could bring like serenity and peace and dunk, stuff, I guess. Dunks. Yeah, yeah, he can teach guys like, yeah, this, yeah, I, I don't know. But I do think, you know, you add guys that have played the game, uh, you get a lot of guys that, that respond well to it. And so, uh, of course, you know, they don't need any of them, though, if I'm Kyrie Irving. Absolutely not. Who needs to be coached? I could be the coach. Um, another quick NBA quick hit. Drew Holiday on the training block. The Pelicans are listening to offers for him. Where's the interesting place that he could end up? Ooh, that's Ooh. a good question. One team I talked about. Back um, in Philly? That would, enough, that would be weird. It would, but I mean, I'm talking about from a fit perspective, though. Uh-huh. Philly could definitely use, you know, a guy that shoots and defends. Because mm-hmm. that's always people's thing about Ben is that he's such a great defender in addition to his size advantage. But you get a guy that can defend, that can also facilitate that offense, that has shooting touch. Not only is not afraid to shoot, but he actually has a shooting touch, and I I think that could really actually bring some of their pieces together well. Uh, But, you know, that's just off the top of the head. I think Drew's the guy that you stick in a lot of situations and he works out. Yeah, I I mentioned this last year. I would love to see him in Dallas um, with the big three of him, um, Luca and Chris Stops. With think that would work? I think it would because I think Luca they can play um, Drew off the ball. Um, and then they can also use him, you know, to stagger minutes with with Luca, and he can run the offense a little bit, and he helps them tremendously defensively, which is one of their big problems from last year. Yeah. Um, gives them a guy that's going to give them a little bit more of a defensive identity, particularly on on the perimeter, because last year they were playing um, JJ Barea at times, um, Curry, who great shooter, but is really small, very small. Um, and so I think that'd be a good veteran, a veteran guy who you, who you can count on, who Luca can count on to be a playmaker and a scorer at times as well. Um, I think he would have been really huge for them in that series against against LA when they really just needed another guy to help Luca out a little bit. Yeah, I, I haven't actually thought about that, Malcolm, as a as a Dallas fit. That mm, interesting. Um, well, then I wonder, like, if if that could work in Phoenix, though, with mm. Devin Booker oh, and yeah. you know those. So that, I think Phoenix would probably be my 
by look if they don't have to give up much. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, you know, you get a you know because Booker's not the greatest defender, mm-hmm. great score, but then you add Drew. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go Phoenix. Yeah, and either one of those guys can play on the ball as well. Yeah, you, you play Drew. Or you can have Devin initiate at, at times too. That'd be a really that'd be a scary combination right yeah. there. Yeah, I like that. That's actually. interesting though, because I feel like Ricky Rubio really does have a pulse on that yeah. team, so or his finger on the pulse of that team. And so, uh, it'd be curious to see what they look like without him, as he makes a lot of their offense easier mm-hmm. with his ability to put guys in good situations. But Drew's no slouch as a point guard. Either. Yep. Hmm. And then. Um, one more quick thing: the uh, NBA pro- proposing um, twenty-two or December twenty-second as the start of the NBA mm. season, which means camps would open up December first. They're looking at a seventy-two game season with no All Star break. Uh, I mean, with no All Star game, it will be a two-week All Star break um, and a play-in tournament at the end of the year, similar to what they did in the bubble for the last. Um, I believe they're going to do it seven through ten. They'll do a play-in tournament for the last playoff spot. Um, the player at first they let the players resistant to it. Now it looks like they're getting momentum to have an agreement. Um, like didn't the season just end? It just ended. Goodness. But here's the thing: they're trying to they're trying to get the season back to back to normal by the next year. Yeah. And if you wait till yeah. January, you're still you're pushing really far up against that. Um. So I think I think they're really pushing to try to condense this season a little bit so that they can be back to normal by twenty uh, twenty one twenty two. Uh, but it's it's think- a short window. It's too short to me, but I mean, I, I get both sides. I get both sides. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's always revenue-driven, money yeah. answers all things, not just for uh, the owners and the teams, but, you know, you hear conversations about guys' salaries being yeah. held in escrow and everything like that. So, no, it it comes back to feeding your family at the end of the day. Yeah. I think from a fan <laughs> standpoint, I would not hate a 60 or 65-game season mm. If that can allow guys, I, I'm much more interested in seeing my favorite players and my favorite teams be healthy right. than I am for seeing them be play for a long span of time. So I would not hate a 65, 50, uh, 60 or 55 game season. Uh, you, you, I think that's still enough time to know who's the best, who are the guys that really belong in the playoffs. And then you move forward and have the playoffs as usual. Then you're able to get back on schedule and you've not pressed it. And, and push guys' bodies to the limit just coming off of the bubble. So I would be all for a January season, but, uh, you know, the more a lot of factors involved, I understand. Is this in, this, is in a bubble as well? No. Not, the bubble is not a part of this. Oh. Yeah, they would, they, They're looking at adjusted stadium like, yeah, attendance, they, though, right? Yeah, so they would they, – right now they're not expecting to have fans in the stadium right now. And, in, in, and then if they are considering fans, it's going to be based on your locality, what they – what they will allow you to do. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing to remember is that not everybody was in the bubble. Some of these guys have been off. It'll be like 10 months. Right. And they haven't done anything. Um, so a lot of these guys are itching to get back to playing basketball again, especially after seeing the level of basketball in the bubble that they couldn't be a part of. Right. Avery um, Bradley couldn't get, couldn't get a ring. Well, no, he still gets a ring. I mean, he gets a ring, but you know, he wasn't there, you know. Look, I'd be that guy if I was on the ninth man on the bench. I gotta look at it. Of course, Adam Morrison is, you know, he's living it up. Living he, it I'm great. sure he stole that for beer money or something. <laughs> um, but there's that to remember. And then Christmas Day. I don't think the NBA wants to give up Christmas Day. Um, that's a big basketball day for the NBA and a big revenue day for the NBA. So I don't think they want to miss out on that. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of load management. 
Uh, Danny Green was on a podcast a couple weeks ago saying that if that is the start of the season, he does expect a lot of veterans to be playing early. Um, and I wouldn't Including be, LeBron. Yeah, and I wouldn't expect them to be either, especially yeah, if no. you've been in the play, if you were in the bubble and you just finished in late October. Um, I do not care about these first few weeks of the season. Nope. I'll, I'll catch y'all on Christmas Day and then maybe in January. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. But, you know, LeBron is a freak of nature. Um, I'm sure he'll, he's ready to play anytime, anywhere. And it's all up for negotiation. They're, hopefully they're going to vote this week in. Um, I think the draft will be the week of November 15th. Then free agency will be like two weeks and then camp, the season uh, camps will open. So, yeah, man. Wow. 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 So before we leave, you guys know how we like to do it. Our parting words. Uh, Ian, what are your parting words for the people tonight? America, I hope you went out and voted. If you didn't mute yourself, we don't want to hear from you on social media about the election results. But uh, man, this time next ne- next time we join you all, we will know who the new commander in chief is. But just remember, man, God is still in control. Yes, God is still in control, and still vote. Get your behinds out and vote. Get well, your ass and still vote. Right, you even still though need you to can't vote. vote now. Right, you know. But the next election, Keith, give us your parting words. Um. Shout out to my Bengals, you know. Hey, listen, we have shown glimpses that we are going to be good in the next few years, uh, beating a very good and very talented Tennessee team. But we need to slow down and not win too many more because we need a high draft pick. We need some offensive line. We need some some defensive gut players. So, you know, I like the spurts that we see, but don't, you know, don't be like the 49ers and start winning too many games and then lose out on some guys that we could get. Sorry, Malcolm. Just saying. Um, but, yeah. But, hey, y'all played well. And, and Giovanni Bernard uh, playing really solid uh, without Joe Mixon. So, shout outs, shout outs to my boys back in Cincy. My parting words, I mentioned this earlier, but uh, I want to give it the, the time and attention it deserves. I want to give a shout out to one Mr. Mike Tomlin, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, becoming the all-time winningest black coach in the NFL. Um, he's been a good coach for a long time. Um, Super Bowl winning coach. I mean, one of those coaches that I don't think was a hot name when he came out, but he blew out the interview um, with the Steelers and the rest is history. So, Kudos to that man for surviving as long as he sur- survived there. Highly successful coach, great leader of men. Um, his his players love him, and the coaching fraternity respects him. So shout out to him on becoming the all-time winningest black coach. Yeah. Taking over for one, I believe Tony Dungy um, was the former number one. So shout out to Tony Dungy yeah. as well. Yep, And Mike Tomlin, you the man. Yeah, absolutely. So... That's it for this week's episode in Cleveland, Ohio. It's Mr. Pivot Ian, International Ian Lamont Morgan. All right. And here in the capital city <laughs> by way of Cincinnati, he's still rooting for the home team, though. Keith Turner Jr. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you already know who it is. It's your boy here in Columbus, Ohio, by way of several other places. They call me the Black Al <laughs> it's your boy Malcolm Morgan and this has been the 301 podcast we'll see you all next time peace peace